It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 369. How to be content without being complacent. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about contentment and not in a way that makes you feel like, oh yeah, I can just forget and ignore everything else going on around me or everything I'm capable of because I'm content, but how we can use it as a tool to spend less while almost giving ourselves this responsible feeling to live into our full capacity. Mm. It's this holding the tension between two things, that finding the radical middle of I'm still moving forward and doing things, but also not in a rat race and know what is enough for me and can find contentment without stagnation. I think we're all on a journey in this. But it's such a good aim, and we hope to kind of cover some of the basics and how we can aim at this. Yeah, because this is a chapter in our book that we're writing, and so we wanted to do a full episode on it, just the two of us, uh, to really talk about how this plays into values-based spending, how it plays into your earning, your relationships, all of that. But first, let's get to the important stuff. This episode is brought to you by Three Seconds. I'm going to give you three seconds to stop what you're doing and go sign up for the friend letter. I know you've been meaning to do it. You just haven't gotten the chance because as soon as I'm done talking, we go right into the content and we don't give you the chance. And that's on us. Mm. So today you get three seconds of uninterrupted silence. You can pause the show, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com and go sign up for the friend letter. Ready? Go. And we're back. Okay. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) Hopefully our editor doesn't take out those three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Hopefully it stays in there. Early enough in the show that maybe he's still listening (laughs) and hasn't just skipped forward. Probably not. Apologies if that wasn't three seconds. Anyways, we'll make a note in the show in the show outline. 
if contentment and gratitude and all of these things around thankfulness and and embracing your season, these are things you're interested in. We have several other episodes that we have done. Uh, we have episode 248, Simple Money, Rich Life with Bob and Linda Lodick. That is a really good one about simple living in your home and leisure and in your money. And then episode 256, using gratitude journaling to help you spend less. Mm. So those are really good. We also did one about embracing your season. That's another uh, chapter in our book that's coming out. Uh, That was episode 342. So that one was uh, as recent as October, the importance of honoring your season. So these are some good ones to queue up after. Yeah, but stick with us because this is a unique one in that we typically turn to the internet. We look at two different articles that'll be in the top search about whatever it is that we're chatting through. What does Google have to say about it? And what do we have to say about what Google has to say? It's a super complicated type of <laughs> podcast structure. But today, <laughs> we're, we're setting all that aside to just give you our thoughts on this. Again, it's going to be in our book. So we're, we're practicing using our own voices and giving you kind of the curated list and tips and ideas around where we've come to in the last five and a half years and kind of this blueprint. We totally believe that finances, personal finances are not a one size fits all, but there are these foundational principles that are so helpful when it comes to refining how we spend, how we save, how we approach and understand money and move through life as a result of that. And this idea of contentment is one of those foundational principles, but yet we want to tether it by saying, also not becoming complacent, uh, continuing to move forward. So so that's what we're talking about. That's the direction that we're taking in this. And I think yeah. while we said we're not going to the internet and doing articles, we are going to turn to the dictionary because why not? I think we should totally understand what how do we how are we defining contentment versus complacency? And so to be contented, if you were to if you were to Google dictionary this, it's feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. And similar words to this would be satisfied, happy, pleased. I would probably add at peace. I think contentment leads to a peacefulness, not a hurried or anxious, constantly feeling inside of us uh, versus complacency or being complacent is having or showing a lack of interest or concern. Just like, uh, I don't even care. Probably probably a bit of a fatalist mentality if we were to relate it to anything. Some Some synonyms for this one include apathetic, uninterested, unconcerned, just who cares, whatever happens. And we're gonna aim at contented. We're gonna aim at the satisfied, pleased, peaceful, 
satisfaction with our possessions, status, situation, all of those things. And and of course, money is intersecting with that. Yeah, I think as products of hustle culture, we we want to be grateful, right? We want to be grateful for what we have, but it's hard to be content when you're when you think that your value in society, your worth in society is equated to the output. So even if it's not at work, it's at home with how many things you do with your kids, how great their lunches are, uh, how the status you like that you show to your friends, it can show itself in a number of ways, right? It's not all or nothing. So we want to look at the places where we are not content uh, and and kind of examine those things and, and think about how can I get there and what role does money play? So when you're content, it, it's you acknowledge two things. The first is you don't need more stuff. You don't need different stuff. You don't need new places to be happy. Contentment is the synonym for happy. It's the synonym for joy. So the things that you have are going to bring you joy. When you pay off debt, when you have savings in the bank, those things do not inherently bring joy. I've seen a ton of people pay off their debt and afterwards, you know, the, you know, couples get divorced. I've seen people retire early and then head back to the workforce because they meet their these goals that they are told is the secret to contentment, early retirement, uh, debt freedom, paid off house, whatever, that that these are what you need before you can be fully happy or or just realize your full potential, right? In reality, these are not the things that are going to to do that for you. You have to be content and happy and joyful and realize your full potential now. And these are just things that will will expound on it. So when you're content, you realize you don't need the, the financial goals and you don't need to buy more stuff uh, you, or renovate in a different way or travel to all the places that you're going to. It saves you money in that way. And then the other, this may be even part three, I guess. This may be a C. Uh, you also acknowledge the hard work you've put in to improve your spending, to say no to more stuff when your friends are, to say no to certain types of travel because they don't suit you, or to say yes to certain types of travel when other people are not. And you celebrate these accomplishments and you let them inspire you to keep moving. You realize what you are capable of. You realize that you are cap- you're not just floating through life uh, buying the next thing, living paycheck to paycheck, just kind of floating through life, you're achieving things. And sometimes we we think that other people are doing it, so we should be able to do it too. And I am so guilty of this. Every time I accomplish something, I never celebrate it. I'm always like, well, somebody else is doing it better, so I got to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. Contentment shows satisfaction. It's not just feeling, it's showing. So you are also, in addition to to saving the money and knowing that the goals and the spending won't make you happy, you're also showing up and celebrating yourself. 
uh, and and learning and learning new ways to uh, you know achieve more to figure out new ways to live into your full potential. Yeah, I'm realizing we could be on either end of the spectrum. Like complacency isn't the only option of where we could find ourselves. We could find ourselves on the complete opposite end of the spectrum with that that hustle, that grind, that I've got to keep going and do the next thing before we even pause to consider but where does my contentment lie? And and then when you're complacent, just kind of, okay, laissez-faire, who, who cares what happens next? It, probably this would coincide with ideas that things won't ever get better for me, scarcity mindset, these kinds of things. So we could find ourselves on either end. And so contentment is holding the tension between those two things where we're not hustling to a point where we are lacking mindfulness and intentionality, but we're also not experiencing this degree of complacency either, holding the tension in in that way. Yeah. So let's expand on the, these two pieces, the A and the B. Now, just saying it might be a C, but we're going to, I wrote it in the outline as an A and a B. So we're going to expand on those. (laughs) So the first contentment, you don't need more stuff, different stuff, is essentially contentment with what you own and do. And then the part B will be contentment with who you are and what you've done. Mm -hmm. So the first part, though, is contentment with what you own and what you do. So people on social media or around you may be telling you that the next new thing or vacation will make you happier. I know millennials, we value experiences more than things. But there comes a point where only so many vacations will add value to your life. Vacations, traveling, and you know, working abroad, all that stuff, that's also not the true key to happiness. Uh, it's making sure that you are indulging in the experiences and, and having the experiences that are truly who you are not what other people are telling you to be. So understanding that uh, the places you go or the new things you buy won't make you happier. Uh, the only things that the only things that will truly make you happier are the things money can't buy. And we've mm. said that over and over again, right? So like what are the things money can't buy? They are the four Fs we think. They're um Faith, family, friends, and fulfilling work. And that fulfilling work is professional and non-professional. So either your uh, philanthropy or your professional life, they don't have to be the same is the thing also. Sometimes we think we have to do fulfilling work like we have to do our passion as work, but you can have fulfilling work that is professional, that pays you income, and fulfilling work that is non-professional that may not pay you an income. So these are, this is kind of like the baseline for, for being content is having these things that, you know, money can't buy because new things bring joy. They do for a short time and they're great. Uh, but we want to, to focus on the vital few, the real, the heavy hitters. We talk about 
the 80-20 principle and saving money, like we've got the the vital few. And this is a topic that we're going to talk more about in 2024. Uh, 20% of your actions uh, result in 80% of the outcomes, right? It's the same with uh, with your experiences and your contentment. 20% of these things that money can't buy are going to are going to bring you 80% of your contentment. And so it's finding what for you are these heavy hitters that are really going to bring you joy for the long term that you really want to invest in. Uh, and those are, n- they're not going to cost money, but it is going to take money for you to be able to experience them. Mm-hmm. So we don't forget about the income and increasing the margin between income and expenses, but really look at those things that are are going to bring you the most contentment. The next category that we can look at in shaping where we are experiencing contentment is with who we are and what we've done. I think this is probably contentment 2.0. It certainly can take us some time to get to a place of contentment with what we own and what we do. But I think this is a deeper level of reconciling who, who we are, our personhood, our personalities, the things that we've done and accomplished. And I don't think that this is easily come by. And I think there can be a lot of barriers. This experience can ebb and flow. But when we can find contentment at that deeper internal level, it too will have some really phenomenal impacts, certainly on our lives, our lifestyles, and our finances. I think being content with yourself and and your and who you are and what you've done has so much to do with contentment in our seasons, acknowledging the parts of the time that we're in currently that might limit us and be able to look for beauty beauty in it and the ways that the season helps you rather than hurts you. I think we can often play that comparison game of looking at what we don't have because we see what others have around us, whether it's social media, people in our community, our close friends, maybe family, doesn't matter. Wherever we look, there's opportunities to see, oh, they're able to do this, but I can't because X, Y, Z. And this is a call to shift our focus to what's actually within our control. All of us can have this propensity to focus on the things that give the most of our time, energy, and attention to the things that are outside of our control that we don't have influence over rather than what's inside of our control that we can shift and change. And similar when it comes to gratitude, being able to look at, but what do I have as a result of this season? Jen, I know you've talked about like an example of having young kids. We were just talking Mm -hmm. about this over coffee the other day of... Yeah. I mean, you you speak for yourself. (laughs) I mean, no, exactly what you said. This is, this is what I'm going through right now is that I have a lot of friends that don't have kids and I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm getting down because I'm like, these people can do all of this stuff that I can't. And I know full well, if I did not have kids that I would be looking at my friends that did have kids and being envious of of them having what I want. So there's always going to be this creeping 
uh, grass is greener on the other side, right? And we and we're going to talk about that too. But like they the finding like acknowledging your entire season, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the parts that are beautiful, but the parts that limit you, and still looking for beauty in that. So my kids like they're expensive, and they delay me from going out at night uh, or ever. Uh, it's, it's all like very, if, if I focus on that, it's very depressing, right? Like I, I want to go out. I want to do these things. I want to have more opportunities, like to go to conferences and to do stuff in the business. And I'm just not in a season where I can do that, but it's still a beautiful time with them because they're never going to be this young ever again. I'm never going to have kids this young ever again because we're done having kids. Um, and they're, we are teaching them to, to be members of society and teaching them lessons that we didn't necessarily get when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So there is, there are these beautiful things, but I think we're maybe told just focus on the beautiful things. There's a lot of, there's a, a lot of extremes on social media. It's either focus on all the beautiful things or, or dwell on all the sucky things. And I think I might've gotten on dwell on all the sucky things algorithm, (laughs) (laughs) but there is a radical middle in it. And that's where contentment is found. It's not Mm -hmm. the delusion that everything is great and everything is worth being grateful for. Uh, It's just really acknowledgement and choosing to choosing to look on the bright side as much as you look at the realities. Every choice is going to have an opportunity cost to it. There's always going to be consequences to the path that we've chosen, which I think can be really hopeful that, oh, we can make decisions from here on out that we feel are going to benefit us and not stay stuck in the things that decisions we may have made in the past that now we're seeing, oh, this didn't benefit me as much as I had hoped. I think personally, I can struggle with this at times with the career path that I chose. I chose to go into social work. I spent 15 years in that profession and and was able to accomplish some really beautiful things, but do not have much to show for it in the bank. And I think I can get in these moments of, man, look at where all these other people are at at this stage of life in their mid-30s to 40s. And they've, they're really established in their careers and they've been able to increase their income. And within the field that, I was, that I've been in, it just hasn't been as exponential as who I am choosing to look at, right? It also has to do with who are you choosing to compare to. But then at mm-hmm. the same time, being able to recognize there's choices that I made and none of it comes without a degree of sacrifice. But to also recognize for me personally, I wouldn't change any of it either. I am so grateful for the experiences that I've had 
in the field, what is what it has produced in me, my outlook on life, my understanding of the world around me, what it has led me to today. And I think that's going to be the exercise of constantly looking at that. But then again, not the complacency piece of what can I do going forward so that I can feel really good in the next 10 to 15 years as I look back on what I chose now to be doing with my time, energy, resources? How can I be stewarding them to the best of my ability? And I I think being content with your season in that way and yourself helps you to be able to acknowledge what you're good at, like what you enjoy versus what drains you. Looking at ways to do more of those things and less of the others. I think that too has been helpful for me in my own career path chosen of, yeah, but this is what I was good at. And this is what, this is what was life giving to me. And yeah, sure, there's sacrifices to it, but there's sacrifices to the person who has made six figures every year straight out of college. Like nothing is ever exactly how it seems to the thing that we're comparing it to. And so we can lean into and recognize what's my season? Who am I? What am I good at? What's life-giving? What's depleting? And do more of the things that are life-giving, less of the things that are depleting. Yeah, I think it's it's a vicious cycle because I think complacency can come out of if we are trying to be content with what others find joy in instead of what we find joy in, then we can create this attitude of apathy because other people may, like for me, I hate dishes, but I love meal planning. Other people hate meal planning, but they love cooking. Uh, So I personally, I'll make these like beautiful meal plans, but I make sure they are as few dishes as possible. They are as simple as possible. I spend a little more for pre-chopped frozen veggies, but I still save because I'm following through with my meal plan because I'm making, I'm doing more of what I'm good at and what I find joy in versus what people on social media who have their entire career around like cooking or maybe just like enjoy it more. I see these moms with like six kids and they're always making these delicious meals. It's not me, but I can still find joy in this process by focusing on what I am better at, what I find more joy in. A question that we get a lot is like, how do you, almost like, how do you find joy in becoming frugal, right? Because spending money is fun, doing stuff is fun, not quote unquote, like quote unquote, not doing stuff is not fun. And how do you focus on these long-term goals? You find your why. How do you focus on your why? for for doing this stuff that is seemingly hard that is that is realistically hard is that you have to find joy in the day to day you have to find the things that bring you joy you have to find the things that you are good at you love because when you create a frugal lifestyle that you enjoy living then it's not a means to an end then you're not looking for enjoyment and spending money when you're still living a frugal life and you w- would rather be spending money and you are bummed that you cannot go out and go shopping or do the like expensive hobbies, you haven't found joy in your why. And so there, th- that just comes with practice and it comes with a lot of introspection 
And it, I mean, it will be, it will happen. You just have to keep going with it and learning more about, okay, these are the things that I don't like. These are the things I'm going to lay down. These are the things that I'm okay with. They don't really bother me. So they get to stay. And then these are the things I really love. These are the things I really enjoy day to day. And they also help me get closer to my financial goals. They also help me spend less or earn more. These are the places you want to spend your focus on. These are the places that when you invest in them, they are going to help you enjoy your frugal lifestyle and be content. I think considering all of these things is an investment in ourselves and the long term of life. Again, this isn't the how exactly should I arrange my budget? This is the what do I want out of life? What do I want to be giving and receiving? And what what makes me tick? What lights me up? It doesn't, again, have to be the exact job that you're doing. You could keep the job that you're doing and find these things outside of it. But this is the deeper work that is going to mold and shape and shift a life of knowing what's enough, of being content which then helps us have more informed spending patterns, ways of managing money, not just kind of going after whatever is right before us because we haven't yet discovered what it is that we enjoy, what it is that makes us tick. So we're kind of just grasping at anything that someone might tell us and spending money on it and kind of on that not so helpful beneficial cycle. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So... What do we do when complacency starts to creep in? Because you can't care 100% of the time. I see all the time on like how to pay off debt articles. What's the first thing you do? Number one is always find your why. Number two is always make a budget. I'll just tell you that's that's the top half of every article about that. But like you can't care about your why all the time. It's impossible. Like sometimes you're just gonna be apathetic about the journey. 
whatever you're trying to do, whether it's save for retirement, pay off debt, uh, get your finances on track, you cannot care a hundred percent of the time. So don't try. Mm. Uh, but so what do we do when complacency starts to creep in? We refocus ourselves on contentment, and that's where uh, active gratitude comes in. It is not the 100% solution, but it is one highly effective thing that you can do to reorient yourself back to contentment. So the definition of thankful or grateful is the con- is being conscious of the benefit received. So basically, you can't be happy about things you haven't acknowledged yet. That's why it's so important that the second part of contentment is is recognizing and being satisfied with your accomplishments, with where you're at. So you can't be happy about things that you haven't acknowledged. So really showing gratitude, gratitude journaling, gratitude meditation, however you want to practice it, it is simply acknowledging benefits benefits that have been received. So I would say if you're in a slump with your no spend January, if you are in a slump with your debt payoff, then for two weeks, shift your focus to gratitude journaling. So make it a priority every day for two weeks to be doing some sort of short gratitude journaling. And essentially, that is just acknowledging benefits received that day. Anything you received that day that is positive. Uh, So being and and doing this challenge, knowing that it has an end and it's a short end, we're not doing like a 30-day gratitude challenge, just two weeks or, or maybe even one week. It causes you like, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to have to write down what I'm thankful for, like what good things happened to me today. It makes you aware during the day because you're paying attention so that you can write it down either when it happens or at night. When we don't look for things, we don't find them. When we look for things, we find them. So the things that are going to happen to you are going to happen to you regardless of whether you're looking for them or not. It's training our mind or resetting our mind simply to focus on the good. It's because it's so much easier to focus on the negative. We for, we we know that and we forget to focus on the good stuff. So when you feel like you are in a slump, and this can be in anything, but especially with when you have to say no to spending money on something or you're just feeling really apathetic about paying off your debt, try this for two weeks. And, and see how transformative it is for your feeling of contentment. Yeah, and I think we can know when we're approaching complacency by certainly how it feels inside of us and what we see showing up in our lives. I think that complacency, knowing when this is creeping in, it will probably feel like stagnation, maybe feelings of being stuck or that I don't know if I can care about this anymore. I don't know if I can actually shift the needle 
on this thing anymore, like that debt payoff example that you gave, Jen. I think it's at those points, which we're going to have to keep a pulse on this. We have to be doing regular check-ins with ourselves as well to even know if we're hitting a place of complacency on any given aspect of our lives. And it's okay to reach that point, but then what are we going to do about it? Then what? What are we going to do about it? I do also think that we need to keep a pulse on when we are hustling too much as well. I think this can be a place a lot of us find ourselves is I oh, if I just do this extra, extra, extra thing and it's backbreaking to us. And I think we can know when that's happening by feelings of overwhelm, feelings of not being enough feelings of just sheer exhaustion, maybe. And that's when we can also be saying, how can I pull in the reins here? I do think that that gratitude journaling is going to help in both directions, because what it also does is creates a mindfulness about our space our current season, how we are moving through life, which can give us a clearer focus and aim on what's actually worth my time and energy right now and reevaluate and come to a, a new place of reset. Okay. Yes, I do want to keep moving forward with this thing that I have set out to do because I am reattached to my why again. And so just taking this pulse and gratitude, thankfulness, checking in with yourself is going to be what helps to move the needle on that. But mm-hmm. at the at the same time, will achieving the next financial goal make you content? Mm, no. Spoiler alert. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like we keep we keep reaching different goals. And I know you said, Jen, you have a really hard time celebrating. You're just kind of like on to the next thing, which I think a lot of us can commiserate with. And there is this concept of the hedonic adaptation that states once we achieve something, we return to a relative state of happiness or whatever like baseline homeostasis we were at before that we're kind of now, this is the new level. I think this is lifestyle creep has to do with this, that, oh, if I just get that promotion, that new job, if I'm just in this other house. And yet the reality is, is, yeah, that's great. We're not saying, again, don't be complacent. If you want to take hold of the next thing, that's how we know we're alive because we're moving forward and we're doing new things. But we will adjust. Then you get that that higher paying job, you get that raise, and now your expenses can start to increase. And now you just need more and more and more. It doesn't have to be that way, but untethered and unchecked, that's the direction it can go. And so understanding that any one of these goals or accomplishments isn't going to be the end-all be-all in and of itself. It's worth aiming at. But that that is not what's going to lead to ultimate contentment. It is going to be those things that money can't buy. And I think that this happens when we've learned how to master our spending and achieving your financial goals 
knowing that it's not going to make you happier or satisfied, but it will lead to greater levels of contentment when we feel like we're the ones truly in control, making the informed, insightful decisions about our money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, but the, the four F's, faith in whatever you have, family, friends, your chosen family, and then fulfilling work. The things that where you feel like you're contributing to this world in some way, you are in in whatever way you feel good about. It doesn't always have to be in a nonprofit or in some kind of like way that's I don't know. It it doesn't always have to be giving money places and volunteering at soup kitchens, right? It can be anything that makes you feel like you're making an impact in your community. You're leaving the the world a better place than you found it. Like these are the things that we are really aiming at. And these are the reasons that we choose values-based spending. These are the the things that are going to bring us joy in values-based spending. Like I can say no to this thing that I have realized now that I don't care about as much because I have found these things that I care so much more about. And I just didn't get to uncover them until I took time to stop just running on, on the hamster wheel. So that's really, we want contentment to inspire you to pursue these things more to pursue stronger relationships with the people in your life, to pursue more impact in your community, more impact in your child's lives, uh, in in their friends' lives. So all of these things are beautiful things to pursue, and they're things that can be realized very immediately. Sometimes we we define this why, and you know why are you paying off debt? Why are you saving for early retirement? And there are things that are so far off into the future, but impact like based uh, these four F's are very, very near to you. You can have an impact uh, and you can build strong relationships and you can grow stronger in faith. You can do all of these very immediately. And so these are the things that we replace with the instant gratification of a quick, like what a quick purchase at Target can get you. It is probably the most even replacement. So when you feel like you are bored and you want to go shopping somewhere, instead of, you know, jumping straight to, oh, I should probably just like gratitude journal because that's, I know that's what you really want to (laughs) do. False. That's what I've never wanted to do. Instead, look at these things that are the things you want that money can't buy and start to think of ways, start now making lists of like, how can I get more of these? How can I build these things that I truly want? We've talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs quite a bit. And at the top, at the bottom, it's all your core needs, right? Your shelter, your food, your safety, your sense of safety. At the top, though, it is all the uh, self-actualization and and the respect and the connection. Look at ways that you can get more of that because that's what you really want. And that's what these uh, these four Fs, they bring you those things that you really want that money can't buy. Mm. So when you're thinking, 
why am I, you know, why am I feeling apathetic? It may be because you're pursuing things that are not the things at the top of your hierarchy of needs, the things that you want most. Mm, so well said. I, I, I think too, it's worth stating that in the midst of this, we can also combat the fear that increasing our lifestyle will lead to a destructive spiral. I think again, that's the that's the pushing back against a certain type of complacency of, well, I need to just stay here at this level of income or this type of location because if I do anything different, then that's going to mean I'm not being content. And I think, yeah, we can push back on that too to say we can we can aim for something as long as it's informed as long as we know this is what mm-hmm. we want we've done that deeper work we've done the gratitude journaling we've dug into the four f's and we don't have to fear that oh i am not going to be able to be in control of myself anymore if i get this next thing everything's just going to spiral out of control like that's not true either <laughs> Like no matter what we achieve next, it won't be our ultimate happiness, but it also won't be our ultimate destruction. So we can keep mm. going and be informed as we're going and certain that this is what I want to do. And I am aimed at contentment along the way at each and every point when I don't have the job, when I do have the job, when I'm meal planning excellently, when I'm not, when I'm crushing debt, and when I need to slow down because of my season. All of these things, no matter what the season is, we can find contentment. And as we aim at new and different and maybe increased goals within our finances and personal lives, we can also find contentment. And do you know what leads to my greatest contentment? I'm content with it. Yeah, it is. It does bring me true joy. It is an instant gratification and it's something that I don't ever have to uh, pursue. It always Mm. just comes. Mm. The The Bill of the the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Haley from Sugarland, Texas. I recently discovered your podcast and I've really been enjoying going back through the old episodes and finding lots of content that's helpful. Uh, my Bill of the Week is my student loan bill. So when my husband and I got married five years ago, uh, right after I graduated from college, I had about $60,000 in student debt. And in our first few years of marriage, we took on two car loans as well. Um, when the payment pause happened during the pandemic, we really prioritized paying down uh, our debt highest interest first. And uh, on the very last day of the interest pause, we paid off my last student loan. And now in five years of marriage, we've paid off somewhere in the neighborhood of $80,000 of debt. And the only debt we're carrying now is our mortgage. Thanks again for all your advice and awesome content. Woo! Oh, wow. I'm doing sounds early. 
Congratulations, Haley. We we are going to give you all the energy that you need from us because <laughs> you didn't sound like you were acknowledging your success enough. So we're going to do it for you. Here we are. We're celebrating <laughs> these accomplishments because my goodness, are you aiming at some things? Five years, $80,000. Oh, wow. That took some grit. I know that had to take some powering through complacency, lack of motivation, sacrifice, feeling like you're missing out. But man, am I feeling on top of the world mm. with you right now. How incredible. Well done. Haley, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Here's the thing. If you are listening to this right now and you've paid off any amount of debt, I don't care how long ago it was, and you've kept it off, if you've kept it paid off, I need you to acknowledge your success in that and call in and leave that as your bill for the week. I need you to just head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Tell us how much you paid off and what it was, how long it took you. And if it was a long time ago and you kept it off, like tell us that too. That's an accomplishment. We forget what we are capable of when we do not reflect on the things that we have done. And that's that stagnates us. That limits us from accomplishing more in the future. So mm. it's time for you to take the time to call in to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill mm -hmm. and leave us your bill mm. and acknowledge your successes mm. so that you are motivated and inspired to have more of them. That's how we practice contentment. That's how we practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. That's how we practice giving back to the fellow Frugal Friends community to encourage each other and celebrate your own accomplishments. Do it. Leave us your bill. We're ready for it. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. Pew. All right. For the vulnerability round today, what experiences or values do you consider priceless and truly believe money can't 
buy. Jill? I think money can't buy. (laughs) I'm going to be the student who sits at the front of the class right now. Money can't buy contentment. But truly, for myself, I think this is peace and enjoyment. I have yet to find something that I, when I just spend money, am I finding peace and enjoyment in life? Money intersects with it, but what I've learned gives me this is time with close friends and family and time outside digging in the dirt. These things are Mm. so life-giving and precious to me. And it is what cultivates an enjoyment of life for me. Of course, it takes money to be able to have some flexibility to spend the time that I do with, with other people and time in the garden. And certainly, sometimes I spend money on my plants. I mean, what else? What else are you going to do? They're a core value of mine. Um, so yeah, and money intersects with it. But I think that that enjoyment, that contentment, that peace, that's something that like, if you were to just be like, just buy it, I, I couldn't. Like it, it takes these other things that can't be bought and but yet are so important to my personal and internal well-being. Hmm. What about for you, Jen? Uh so I'll give a recent example. Last night we went to a friend's Christmas party cuz we're recording this in December. And uh we brought our kids and Atlas, my 8-month-old, fell asleep on my chest. And it was a really, like, that does not happen often. And so, like, I just kind of stopped socializing and, like, sat down and kind of embraced it. Uh, I think I'm trying to be present in this season of having young children. Because, like, when we got home from the party, Kai, my four-year-old, screamed the whole way home that he didn't want to leave. He wanted to go back and then would not let us put his pajamas on him uh, to go to bed. He was just like writhing and, and did not, he just was up too late. (laughs) So like, it's stuff like that, that is the worst, uh, that I dwell on that I think about. And so I'm actively trying to dwell on good things like a baby sleeping on your chest or literally 20 minutes later when Kai was hugging me and saying, I love you, mommy, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's where I am right now. Cause I'm not like a mom's mom. I'm like not mom all the time. World's okayest mom. I'm, I'm like below that. Uh, so I, I'm an adequate mom and it's not my life's passion. So I, have to actively seek to to be present and to enjoy those things but i mean there's there's also a sense of like i get to do my fulfilling work is my professional work i'm super blessed to be able to say that it is not like highly profitable like some other 
places, the mo- there's not a ton of money in telling people to spend less. So <laughs> go figure. I have to be th- like it. Sometimes I am a little bitter when I talk to other people who are in the space and they're crushing it, um, you know, building businesses, making a lot of money and doing good things. But I, it, I have to actively remind myself that I'm, I get to do what I love and I get to talk about what I love and I do actually make a livable wage from doing it. I, I forget that when I'm focused on what other people have um, and what seems to come so easily to them. Yeah, because the flip side of that is someone else is guaranteed looking at you thinking, oh man, she's got this, she's got that. And that's just the proof mm-hmm. of why the comparison game just isn't fruitful in in any stretch and truly like what you are practicing of, yep, there's all these things and I can acknowledge them that I don't love about this current season, but there's just as many, if not more things I can acknowledge and choose to focus on that are really beautiful about this stage and this season that I'm in. Um, And you're more than an okay mom, Jen. You just... (laughs) You just do it differently than what is, and I don't even want to say like than most, than how motherhood has been portrayed to us or how some in a certain circle might be acting out motherhood. But the reality to it is there's just as many styles of mothering as there are mothers <laughs> like this is and you're so all true. gonna do it in the way that you're gonna do it and the motherly instinct that you're gonna follow that's right for your children yeah and I'm the type of mother who has you. a lot of a lot of goldfish and Gerber puffs on my floor right now and but. that's beautiful and you know what they're the, gonna stay the there patches. because we don't believe in food waste Somebody <laughs> or something will eat them. I don't believe in food waste. My children don't have the same beliefs. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do hope that this has helped to inspire some pondering about contentment, how to aim at it in your life. We also love reading your very kind reviews. This is something we love to celebrate and feel grateful for. And this is how we're saying thanks by reading one recent review from Elena S., who said, so inspiring. These girls help me feel normal and motivated while on a debt-free journey. Keep up these episodes, ladies. Can't wait to hear more of your tips. I'm so thrilled to be here to keep up motivation, help to inspire people in what can be for a lot of us a really long and arduous journey, especially the debt-free journey. There's certainly a lot of sacrifice that comes in that particular season. I can commiserate. It took me seven years to pay off $60,000, which is a very long time. It's indicative of how low my salary was at the time. And so I'm here for all of you. If you're in your debt payoff journey, we're here for you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple. It helps potential new listeners know what the show is all about. If there was a particular episode like this one that really spoke to you, call it out in the review. Let people know what episodes are 
your favorites so they know which ones to tune into first. Mm, Yeah, that's good. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So, uh, where? Oh. Oh. It's no spend January. <gasps> yes, it is. Okay, we so all we're not recording. We're not recording this in January, but I have a a no spend tip or no spend story that I will be using in January. Cool, 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 um, cool, cool. So my kid Kai needs booster seat, and. I didn't, I I bought new car seats, infant and regular, but I was like, booster seat, I can get that used. So I, I've been looking and I was like, maybe I could get it for free. Um, so what I did was that I posted a rug that I no longer need that I was just going to get rid of for free. I posted that on Facebook marketplace for 40 bucks. and waited and somebody finally, you know, paid me $30 for the rug. And so then I turned around and I went to the booster seat section on Facebook marketplace. And I found a lady who had three brand new booster seats that she was selling for $20 each. And I said, Hey, would you accept 30, uh, $30 for two of those seats? And she said, yes. So I basically got two booster seats for free because I was just going to put that old rug at like a curb alert. Uh, and they're brand new. And you need two for eventually when Atlas needs one? No, I, I need one for my mom's car. Well, I was oh, only going to get one, get yeah, 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 but yeah. I got two because we already have one. Uh, so we'll have then uh, Atlas will use the car seat that's in my mom's car. And then um, each car will have a booster. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yes. I love that no spend January doesn't mean no spend. No <laughs> buying. It doesn't mean no buying. It doesn't mean yep. that. Just like if mm-hmm. you can make it a wash, that's creative. That's solving yep. problems. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, what it was is just like, I just had to wait for a little bit. I had to think in advance, like, okay, we are going to need booster seats in the next month. So what's one thing I can sell to that, you know, might make some money. And that was that rug. I like, I like it. I also posted a weight bench that, so I posted two things that I was like, whatever one sells, that's what I'll use. The weight bench has not sold. That's so surprising. just a little bit of patience. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that keep that weight bench because it's January. January is around the corner for us right now. Everyone's mm. gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm exercising." But I mean, if you want to exercise, Facebook Marketplace is a great place to get a weight Cash bench. Cash in. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.